and welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club podcast. I am your host, and I suppose I should say now co-president, Richard Dawson. And tonight I am joined by two very familiar sounding voices, our vice president and all-round nice guy, Mr. John McDonald, and our other co-president and show producer, Mr. Reese Field. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Well, we've got an exciting show for you tonight. Now all that playoff nonsense is out of the way. We can start talking some Vikings football. Free agency opens in three-ish week time. So we need to start looking at the roster and we need to start thinking about what's going to happen to the Vikings. And last week, we went out and asked if anyone had any questions that they would like us to answer on the podcast. And we got inundated. So we have having to split these questions over a couple of shows. We've, we've gone with the questions that are quite pertinent and time-sensitive. So... Well, let's just get into them. Listener Questions, Volume 1. Let's go. So, Listener Question, Volume 1. These are quite meaty questions, so I think we have had to split them up. And we've got three questions that we're going to go over in today's podcast. And we're starting with Question 1. Reese, come on. What's the first question? So, this came from Listener Joe on X. It still feels weird saying X, but it was X formerly known as Twitter, or the uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter. His question for us was, who do you lot think had the biggest potential the Vikings acquired either via trade, draft, or free agency? But it just didn't pan out for whatever reason. With the recent news reminding me of him, I'd say Sharif Floyd. He was insane, but with that botch surgery, he never managed to rebound. Obviously not his fault at all. Great question. Great question. And John, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Come on. Who's the who's the, the, the draft bust? Who's the free agency wrong decision that we went for? I wouldn't say. I'm going to go a bit out here, but I'm going to say it's not a draft bust because I don't believe we ever used him correctly. I'm going to go with Cordero Patterson because you see what a, Ute- what a Swiss army knife he is for every team he's played on. We drafted him as a wide receiver and he he was good, but he was a great kick returner and nothing gets anyone going like a massive kick return. That can really pump up a fan base. It's always it was he was always brilliant at that, but he was never a great route runner and that's and the Vikings just feel like, oh you're not a great route runner. You, you, we're gonna get rid of you. But he, you see the way Atlanta use him, he's so good in that role as a like running back or someone just out of the backfield, you throw it to on a screen or something. Because once you get the ball ball in that man's hands, it's unreal. He can he can run route. He can run such amazing uh, plays. But yeah, that's the biggest miss I think for the Vikings. Yeah, really great point. I think sometimes you know there's lots of reasons why players do and don't work out. And uh, yeah wrong scheme or wrong plays or just a misuse of a of a skill set can can often be you know the downfall of a player unfortunately come on then reese who's your pick see whilst john's gone for the draft i've gone for free agency um and i've gone for michael pierce of course 2019 was the last season the vikings had limbo joseph arguably the biggest strongest defensive tackle in the league at the time and they saw fit to replace him with a man who was arguably just as big and as strong. And it seemed like a great acquisition. I was so excited. Being a big Madden player, I knew the uh, how highly this guy was rated. But 
then the world ended and COVID took over and Michael Pierce opted out. And then that second season, it just didn't get going right, did it? It just, there was so much potential, but and he returned to practice and he, I mean, he suffered an injury so many times. And it just felt like such a big miss and such a big name acquisition. And a defensive tackle can really set you up down the right path. And we've seen how that team struggled on the defensive side of the ball throughout COVID, couldn't stop the run and not having Michael Pierce. That hurt and following season, same issues again. It, for me, he's the one that he got away. He could have been something special, but the way the world went, it just never was. Yeah, another great answer. And you know what? I, I, I swilled this around in my brain in terms of trying to find someone who I thought um, was was fitting for this question. And you think, you know, really recently, Davenport, if he'd have panned out how he should have panned out, then our defence would have been even better last year. Um, but it, it, injuries can just decimate a person's uh, impact on a team. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to I'm going to go to someone as well that, that has very similar sort of had a sort of similar fate, if you like, um, with injuries decimating a career. I think when you look back, especially in recent times of exceptionally good teams and, and fans love a certain position on the field, and that is the tight end. And Kyle Rudolph is I would say a lot of fans, maybe favourite Valking of all time, big character, huge guy, everybody loves him. And when he was coming to the, the the twilight end of his career, let's say, we needed someone to replace him. And there was a certain gentleman, six foot two, could run a 40 yard in 4.6, athletic freak out of Alabama in Irv Smith Jr., and I put all of my eggs into his basket. I was convinced that he was going to be the next league's great tight end. And he started off all right. And, you know, he was in that transition period between Rudolph and, and Irv Smith. And we had Conklin in the team at the time as well. And when Rudolph went to the Giants, it was his turn. His turn to step up and be that great receiving tight end in our offense and you know really set on fire and then all of a sudden struck down by injury and missed the whole season out and you know if you look back at that period of time now you'd probably say that Conklin was a better tight end than Irv Smith in the production that they both had um like I say I put all my eggs in his basket in in the Irv Smith basket so I've got a signed mini helmet signed jersey signed rookie cards I was convinced that he was going to be, like I say, going to join the, the inner circle of great tight ends in the league of Kittle and Kelsey and Gronk and all that sort of stuff. But it just wasn't to be. And, you know, I, I still really want it to work out for him. I thought going to Cincinnati, he's got a, a quarterback that's going to just toss in the ball and those sort of rock hands that he's got would be cast off and he'd be able to catch some 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 big receptions. But then Burroughs went out and he had a, pretty poor season really I think he caught one touchdown last season and barely got played which was just really disappointing and I just I hope at some point because he seems like a really nice guy as well that's that's another thing um I hope at some point his career does turn around and he signs with someone who finds a home uh, especially because I want my memorabilia to go up in price 
He is he he is an example of why I will never forgive Mike Zimmer for his play, everyone in the preseason culture. Because Er Smith's you know, final injury with the Vikings or his last big one that ruled him out for so long. Um became in a pointless game, a preseason game. And what was it, torn meniscus? And yeah, it was enough it was definitely one of those ones with draft potential that just never was. Cordell Patterson, completely agree. The complete wrong use of one of the more electrifying men in football. Yeah, I think it feels like a very Viking thing to to, to have and say all these people that should and could have, would have, you know, made it in the game and and should have led, led us to the glory in the promised land, but uh, it, uh, never quite made it, unfortunately. And I, I, I hope that there isn't anyone sort of on the roster at the moment. Lucine feels a little bit like that at the moment. I mean, at the end of the day, he's very lucky to be walking considering how badly he shattered his leg in the game in London. And I can still, I can still picture it now being stood in the stands and watching him and, and the team take a knee around him and thinking, now this is a bad one. And, uh, you know, so much potential lost to a devastating injury. I hope, I hope that he uh, actually does come good. Cause again, I, I, you, what, you never want to see anyone end the career through injury, but uh, yeah, there's been a few of them over the Vikings history. Some great points there, guys. Both guys really just unlucky, really, with injuries and taking time out. Yeah, it's just they just didn't work out, unfortunately, for the Vikings. So it's just they both really should have been a lot bigger. And you, you hope that they would have been, but yeah, it's just just unlucky the way they got used. Oh, I feel a bit down now, but I'm sure the next questions are gonna are gonna liven up the podcast again and get us talking. So, Reese, come on then. Question two from the listeners. What do we have to answer? Up next, we have a question from Steve who sent his via email. His question for us was: When Kirk landed in 2018, we had a top end skill position talent, the number one defense, and had just been to the championship game. Kirk was seen as the last piece of the puzzle to get us to the Super Bowl. With this in mind, will the Kirk Cousins era be seen as a failure? As a side note on this, he's not talking about Kirk individually. He's talking about that six-year period that we've just been through. Been through. That's quite an apt way to describe it, isn't it? It does feel like we've been through something. And if you take the question as it is, yes. It has been a failure and that might surprise some to hear me say because everyone knows that listens to the show that I'm a big Kirk fan and optim- eternally optimistic. But if you start the NFL season with any team, with any roster and do not expect to get to the Super Bowl and win it, you're doing something wrong, in my opinion. You know, this rebuild here and blah, blah, blah. Sport at all levels should always be competitive and people should always want to win games. And we brought Kirk in to win games. That was that was his job. You know, he'd come off a couple of uh, seasons at Washington, being franchise tagged. They messed him around a little bit with contracts, giving didn't give him what he wanted, and all that sort of stuff. And 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 you know, Steve's right. We had we had good skill positions. You know, we had Phelan, we had Rudolph, we had uh, Cook in the backfield. We you know we got we had Diggs. We just had a great team, and the defense was on fire on song. Kirk comes in, and he should have been the last piece of the puzzle in 2018. The Vikes 
did not have a good 2018, unfortunately. We were the 17th ranked offense. Cook only rushed for 615 yards that season. And I, I feel like if we get the running game going that season, maybe Kirk is a little bit better. You'll go into the 2019 season and, and we, we make the playoffs and Kirk gets his first win. You know, he threw for over three and a half thousand yards, 26 touchdowns, makes the Pro Bowl top 100 player in, I think he was in sort of 70s in the top 100 player that year. And again, we, we got to that San Francisco game and Cook just had a stinker and the whole offense could just not get going. I mean, when you play the number one t- seed in your in your division in a playoff game, you know, you you sort of expect them to be good, but they were way better than what we were. And uh, that was just a game that will sort of live in infamy, if you like, because if we'd have just got going, their, their defense was just so good compared to us. It was uh, disappointing. And then, you know, the years keep counting on and counting on. And last year, the defense just didn't show up, but the Kirk had the, had the, had the offense on song. It was just, it was great to see the, the, the comeback against the Colts. I was just, I was convinced last year that we would blow the Giants away and we would have a proper run and a proper stretch in the playoffs. Wasn't to be. People are going to talk about it, that bloody check down on fourth. Everyone's going to talk about it. For me, I've watched it back, you know, several times, several hundred times. When you've got someone bearing down on your quarterback and you've got a tight end that you know can make yards after play, he's passed the ball to who thinks is the best option, you know. I don't think you can blame Kirk on that. And actually, when looking back over all of it, I think a lot of it you can't blame Kirk on. I think the 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 line from a lot of people that win the Super Bowl is a lot of things have to go right to win the Super Bowl. And not everything has gone right every year. And and for me, that's the reason for the failure. I love Kirk. I'd love to see him sign another contract. I'd love to see him end his career with the Vikings. But if you are gonna say that these type of things are down to winning Super Bowls or at least making the game, then yeah, you've got to say it's a failure. Yeah, it's a failure. Is uh, It's the same mindset that I have on this. And like you, love Kirk. Really wish he wasn't saying those words, uh, but I don't put it on him at all. It's... <sighs> Do I? I mean, no. I mean, on, what's happened on the field? Not at all. I mean, this last season was electric. He was playing lights out football. He was, you know, the number one points getter in fantasy football. Who would have ever thought you'd be saying that about Kirk Cousins? It made everything, everything like made no sense this year. It's like the defense started slow and then the offense, you know, <laughs> at the start of the year was the thing that carried us in the end of the year vice versa and there was that bit of harmony in between just that that run of wins which you know came crashing down in in green bay and i do think what if and i still think what if over that season my only counterpoint of where you could put the blame on kirk it feels like with the recent kansas city chiefs success it might not be so true but when Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers, he took what would be considered a team-friendly deal by quarterback standards. Of course, this being a man who had already won it all, didn't really need to go for the bank. He could go for the ring instead. And I do look at that Bucks team, and I think if they had the money to invest everywhere else, and they made it count. And could had Kirk Cousins 
taken a little less money, could there have been one or two more pieces of the jigsaw that would have made a difference? I feel like we could be saying yes to that question there. Yeah, really good point about that Bucks team. They just made their trenches really, really good. Uh, I, I remember watching them that season because that was the season that my daughter decided to pick her team and she picked the Bucks. And I thought, what's she picking them for? Two weeks later, Brady signs for him and then they walk into a Super Bowl. It was just, it was sickening, to be honest, as a Vikings fan for so long. And uh, yeah, a five-year-old girl, my five-year-old girl picking the Bucks and then winning the Super Bowl in her first supporting season was was not something that I wanted to experience, if I was honest. But we, uh, we got her a Tom Brady... Super Bowl patched jersey that hangs in her wardrobe that she's very proud of, and and yeah, what he could he have taken less money? Could he have helped us out a little bit? Maybe his career's a short in sport, and if you can get the money, then you take it. Could the league just increase the bloody cap? That's that's another question. <laughs> we could sign some more players. Don't, but... don't go to Kansas City <laughs> another thirty million. Whatever you do, we'll never win. Yeah, it's just uh, there's so many. Like I say. Uh, there's so many players that say it, especially in retirement. There's so many things that have to go right for you to win a Super Bowl. And I'm not convinced that a little bit of money here and there would have changed that for us. Just things tend to go wrong for the Vikings and have done in Kirk's tenure. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a sad old six years. Come on, John. Failure or achievement. What have we done with Kirk in a six year tenure? I don't think anyone can say this has been anything but a failure. I don't don't blame Kurt for it all. He's got to take some of the blame. I I'll give you that. I mean, but I think under Mike Zimmer, Kurt was never used correctly. Mike Zimmer's come out and said very, very clearly he never liked Kurt. He didn't like the way he never wanted Kurt, and that that you you can't have that distance between. Uh, a head coach and a quarterback openly saying you don't want the player. Openly saying, I mean, what was it, 2019, that team, they were pretty much fighting on the sideline against each other and are arguing. And I, I always thought Mike Zimmer completely underused, utilised Kirk Cousins and he was too big-headed to ever say, you know what? You you do you, and I'll look after the defense and be look after this, and we'll we'll get there. But Kurt, the Kirk Cousins era has been a complete failure. I don't think there's any denying that. It, you, you we bring him in to be that last part to get us to the Super Bowl, to get us to the promised land. We had just been in the championship game where we where we'd got absolutely smoked by the Eagles. And, yeah, Kurt was meant to be that last piece. He was meant to be that piece that get, gets us to the finish line. That defense was amazing. The offense was really amazing, really good. Completely brought in Kurt Cousins to be that last piece, but it just never panned out, unfortunately. Completely agree with you, Reese, that Kurt has been maybe a bit selfish by not taking a team-friendly deal. Yeah, I completely agree with you over the, the Zimmer comment. Completely underutilised under Zimmer. Um, but Zimmer wanted a guy who was just going to be a merchant for r- handing the ball off to the running back all game long so his defence could be resting. He could dial up all his blitzes and look fantastic on the sideline. 
Um, he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what he really wanted when you think about it. He wanted someone who could just manage the game, few check downs here and there, make a big throw if needed, but ultimately lean on that running game. I think we all want a bit of a Jimmy Guapolo. He's, uh, he's a good-looking boy, but uh, maybe good-looking for some of the things that he slips in his conflicts, given recent news. But uh, he's yeah. It, when you've got a guy that two seasons in a row throws for 4,000 yards and then you just expect him to hand the ball off, it's just, it's, it doesn't make sense. And I understand as a coach, you'll have your opinions on who you want to bring in at certain times. But if you had given Kirk Cousins coming off the, those couple of seasons and with his, I mean, there's no doubt, there's no, there's no denying it. The man's an accurate quarterback. And you can't say that about too many quarterbacks in the NFL these days. A lot of them are, I think I was listening to a Tom Brady interview the other day where he was talking about dual threat and scrambling quarterbacks. And he was basically scoffing them, saying that they, sh- they they don't exist or shouldn't exist because fair enough, if you can use your legs, that's a good thing. But it should be only because there is nothing else to do. And I kind of agree with him. I mean, um, and like I say, if you've got if you've got a very, very accurate quarterback and good wide receivers. Then you should be a passing first team and you should be thinking about getting the ball down the field that way. So, uh, uh, and we've heard the rumours around Zimmer's tenure. I um, have my own opinions on high-performing culture, and um, I don't think that he fostered that whilst he was there. There was, you know, rumours of him not talking to rookies, that he wouldn't have meetings with Kirk Cousins. I just You can't run a team, a conducive team like that. If you look at Andy Reid and, you know, the the culture that they've got over there even in the bloody adverts that i keep seeing all the time they look like that they are a team having fun that wanting to do things we just didn't have that and i think that was extremely evident when kevin o'connell came in because the change in the culture almost overnight when that guy comes in and everyone is in front of the camera and they're happy on planes giving kirk chains you know it's just a, it's a different world and if our defense it was even just half as good as what we had this year in that first Kevin O'Connell season, we beat the challenge. We beat the Giants. You can't tell me that we don't beat the Giants with a better defense. And we 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 sort of maybe have a really good run at those playoffs. And then again this year, when Kirk went down, the season was finished. It culminated in that 49ers victory where we looked almost flawless. And if we'd have seen that team for the rest of the season, Reese, like you say, what could have happened? But it'll always be what ifs, and it'll always be folklore within the Vikings, uh, uh, as so many other seasons have been before. But uh, yeah, I, I think we all agree. You, if you class in the last six years as did we win a Super Bowl, it's just a failure. That's that's what it's been. Mitigating circumstances, other reasons for it being a failure. Absolutely, I don't put it down to Kirk Cousins because I think he's a good quarterback, and I think in in different times and different situations and different things happening, you know, we could have made a really good run at Super Bowl. And I don't agree with people saying don't sign him now because what's the point? You know, he couldn't he couldn't win it. What's the what? Where's the evidence that I, I don't agree with that? I think he could win it. I think if we have a really good season next year, I, that's why I want to run it back. I want to see him back for at least another season. Let's run it back and see what happens because healthy Kirk last season, I think, is a totally different season. So anyway, last question from the listeners for this week. Come on, Reese, what have you got for us? Ah, this one 
It's a nice short question. I, I'm a big fan of short questions. They're a lot easier to read. Uh, it came from Matthew on Instagram, and it's a simple one. If you were the general manager of the Vikings, what would be your main priority of the offseason? Well, I'm going to take this one first, gents, because for me, it comes directly after speaking about Kirk Cousins, and it we have to talk about the most important position on the field. Now, I'm not talking about a quarterback that is going to start week one of next season. I think what we do have to do is find the long-term solution to our quarterback position. Hello, my name is Richard Dawson, and I am addicted to mock drafts. And unfortunately, I must spend, I don't know, more time than I care to mention on, on mock drafts this week and last week and the week before. I think there's three. I think there's three that we would potentially have really exciting futures with. Reese, you've mentioned one of them before, Bo Nix. I think the guy's got a really high ceiling. Uh, I'd like to see us, um, I'd like to see what we can do with him, put it that way. JJ McCarthy, you can't come from a winning Michigan team and be a bad quarterback. And again, I think he's got a really high ceiling. And Daniels, is he going to drop? No, he's not. But it'd be nice to see that he, it's nice to think that he might be able to. And I think if we get one of those three guys in the building and give them a year, learn the offense, learn the future. And that's why I want Kirk Cousins back, because I don't want to give up until that happens. I don't want to have two seasons of uncompetitive sport. That, to me, that, again, that, to me, that's not sport. That is just churning out some people so you can make a few quid every weekend. That's not for me. I want to see some competitive football till then. So getting Kirk in the building on a two-year deal whilst one of those three guys is drafted, and it's looking maybe like they're going to have to draft them first round. You know, I think that that is the most important thing for the Vikings over the next one, two, five years. But uh, that's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. John, what do we need to do? What's the most important decision next for the Vikings? The most important thing for the Vikings in this offseason is signing JJ. Get JJ that contract. Get move heaven and earth to get him that contract. The Vikings are always very iffy with these wide receivers, top wide receivers. We tend to try and maybe trade them away or something like that. But uh, he's one in a million. And the most important thing is getting that man to put pen to paper. I don't want to see him on any other team. He's got great enthusiasm for the Vikings. He, he clearly likes it there. You're going to have to give him a load of money to keep him in the building. He's going to have to be the uh, highest paid non-quarterback in the league. That's clear. He's, he's going to get that money because he's earned that money. He's the best non-quarterback player in the league. That is very clear. He's young. He's enthusiastic. And he changes games. The most important thing the Vikings can do in this offseason is getting JJ to sign that contract. I think Christian McCaffrey might disagree with you there, John, but I understand where you're coming from. I think that there is a, a subset of five players that when you're setting up your draft for fantasy football, if you don't get one of them, you almost call the season over as it is. And one of them is JJ and one of them is Christian McCaffrey because them guys are electric. And if if I were to see JJ in another jersey next season, I would be 
fairly devastated because um, he is one of the first players that I've genuinely thought can take us like like he really could take us to the promised land if we just get it right. You have star players on your team when you go when you go to those games. You know, um, the Chiefs have got it with Kelsey and Mahomes, Brady and and Gronk used to get there all the time, but with us. Our player, our outfield player that's going to get us to the promised land is JJ. He is electric. And I think, I think, I know you've mentioned it before, John, potentially a different play caller in our team could release him even more. I think taking a few more risks and getting him the, getting the ball to him and in his hands a few more plays a game and we become a, a, another dimension of a team. So good call, John. But remember, if someone's got to pass him the ball, so... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm still sticking with my answer, but Reese, come on then. What's the most important thing we have to do in the off season? Well, Rich, you're talking about the draft. We're talking about the priority here. We've got a lot of time before the draft. John, JJ, completely agree. It's pertinent that the Vikings re-sign him. It's crucial. He is that future. He is that guy you never want to see in another jersey. However. The Vikings have got some leverage here. Whilst he might want to be the highest paid footballer in the league who is not. Sorry. Whilst he might want to be the highest paid player in the league that is not a quarterback. He's also going into his fifth year option. There is no clause in his current contract which says you can't franchise tag me. There is always that leverage that the Vikings have. Justin Jefferson also made the point. He wants to know what the future is. He wants to know what's going on with the Vikings before putting pen to paper. And why wouldn't you? It's a hell of a commitment. So that's why I say that the priority for the offseason is the linchpin of the offseason. The thing that says the Vikings are drafting that quarterback. The thing that says the Vikings are still serious, JJ. So stick around. And that is making sure that you bring back the beast that is Daniil Hunter. There is, you, you say that there's a man who's earned his money. That is a man who has earned his money. Records and tackles for loss in his franchise. Sack daddy, you know, come on. <laughs> I mean, I know that's what we used to call Griff, but the time Sack is... Sack daddy, love it. It's, it's, this, is the, uh, this is the future. That used to be Griff. Now it's Hunter. That is the senior, the elder statesman. It feels weird saying that about the youngest guy the team's probably ever drafted. That is the elder statement of defense. That is the guy who sets the tone. He is the guy who quarterbacks fear, tackles fear. If you line him up inside, I think there's guards who are, you know, gallahorning their part. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of a better word. I'm going to say it, Rich. You got to use the gallahorn. There are guys, defensive lines in the opposition, who they see Hunter shift inside and they are in their pants. <laughs> there is no other way of saying it. That is the man you need to bring back. Because that tees off your whole offense. You say about the trenches so much, Rich. You're right. You've got to have the pass rushes. If you haven't got a pass rush, your defense will get picked to pieces. Because no matter how good you are as a quarterback, a safety, a linebacker in pass coverage, you can't cover a guy for four seconds. Because those guys on the other side of the field, they're paid pro rages too. Defense wins you championships. Reese, I don't disagree. I think that 
signing Daniil Hunter is um, it, well, it's got to be one of the top priorities this this off season. I think um, I think the the roster, and I think we'll probably have a look at it next week. We'll go through position by by position. The roster coming up to free agency needs some help. But it also needs us to retain some of our talent. And uh, Hunter is, well, he's the top of that list. You know, there's in, in terms of defence, there is no one who sets the tone for our defence more than that guy. And we've mentioned it in, in podcasts of old. If he doesn't get 14 sacks a season, you wonder why not. And that that's a weird thing to say. You know, he he, he I think he was only bested by by what last season in terms of sacks? Um, in the NFL, keep me honest, Reese. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think he might have slipped down a little bit towards the end, just with the way the Vikings' defense tailed off. But you know, still set a franchise record, still was incredible, and the Steelers had some good talent on that defensive line. The Vikings, you know, when we lost Davenport, when we lost Wanham, you looked around, you went, "Who else? Pat Jones, not a bad player." but not the sort of guy you can stick on the other side of a defensive line in his current state and go, yeah, that guy could pick up 10 sacks too. If you gave one in the full season, if you gave Davenport the whole season, I think one of those two would have easily got to double digits. Yeah, fair point, fair point. And do you know what? I think I think both of you have got a really good point. I think, like I say, there's going to be some holes in the Vikings roster this offseason. If you think that we, at the moment, don't have uh, left interior. We don't have a third wide receiver. The running game is really questionable. Uh, it, we don't have a quarterback. There's there's lots of stuff that we're going to have to find and fill. And sometimes having some some consistent familiarity in the team is uh, is really important. And what you don't want, to John John, to your point, what you don't want is that question hanging over the head of Are you going to be able to keep your elite talent in the squad? You know, if if you're a a quarterback we are potentially going to have to consider the fact that the, the Vikings are not playing with Kirk Cousins next year. If you're a quarterback in the free agency or a quarterback in the draft, do you want to come to the Vikings without JJ? Or do you want to come to the Vikings where JJ's down tools? Absolutely not. You know, and I think he'd be right. He'd be well within his rights to down tools if we franchise tagged him because he has proven that he's the best wide receiver in the game and you've got to treat those players with respect. So John, very much agree with what you've said. Reese. very much agree with what you said. Of course, I'm going to still think that the quarterback position of the future is uh, is the absolute priority for the team. But you're right, there's some things that we have to sort out before then. And that is getting the, the, the team in order. So, yeah, I, I'd love to go through the team, actually, position by position and and understand who's staying, who's going. You know, I'm sure there's listeners out there going, is he staying next year? Is he not staying next year? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's let's start going through that roster uh, in podcast to come because free agency is going to come at us thick and fast. And then we're going to have to understand what we actually do need in the draft. You know, for instance, Daniil Hunter says, thanks for the offer of whatever you've offered me. I'm, I'm not taking that. I'm going to test free agency and signs a mega deal somewhere else because he's earned it. All of a sudden, someone like Verse in the first round is top of the list of things that we need. It, it, you know, things can change really quickly in the, in the NFL over over the months of uh, of March and April. And I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think we do need to start discussing it. So what do you think, lads? Should we come back next week and have a chat about it? Absolutely.
Absolutely. Well, I'm sure uh, Reese has got some more listener questions lined up as well next week. So uh, thanks for sending them in, by the way. If you've got any more, don't don't hesitate to get in touch with social media. Reese, tell them the details. As always, you can find us at UK Vikings fans on Instagram, X. You can reach out to us on Facebook or you can send an email to UKVikesPod at gmail.com. That's U-K-V-I-K-E-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. Just that, Reese. Yeah, I've really enjoyed answering people's questions this week. It's good to... Uh have a different lens, have a different thought process in terms of uh, what we're going to talk about. But uh, thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed us answering your questions as well. If you look out for us on social media, we'll be asking for your opinion on our answers and what you would have said to some of those questions. So get involved and, uh, and, and tell us what you think. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Cheers. Ta-ra.